Chapter 6. The Reckoning David felt as if he were walking on air the entire way back to his office. He kept thinking, was it possible that his firm could look and feel like Simon's? He felt as if he were given a glimpse of what was possible for his firm, and he felt excited about the future. His euphoria wore off quickly when he walked through the doors of his office. He noticed how drab his office now appeared compared to Simon's. There was nothing to inspire the senses. There was undoubtedly no smell of cookies, just the lingering smell of burned popcorn in the air. It was the opposite of welcoming. His decor was bland, and it lacked energy. It was like a black hole had found its way to his suite and sucked all the life out of it. Sure, his staff was busy working, and they were relatively pleasant, but you could feel the exhaustion radiating from his team. And David felt responsible, because he had created the mess, and it was he who had to figure out how to fix it. But what should he do? He did what came naturally to him. He went to work. He answered emails, met with clients, and reviewed cases. He met with Janice, the paralegal, who had made the mistake of leaving documents out of the file from this morning's trial. Because he had time to calm down before he spoke with her, he determined that she had indeed provided all the material required. Janice had placed the documents on David's desk with a note, but David failed to take it as he ran out of the office. He didn't even notice the document, nor the note. David himself should have verified the file had all the necessary documents, and Janice should have notified David where the materials were before leaving. They were both at fault, and both took responsibility. A new set of guidelines was established, and David averted blowing up at a staff member for something he was partially responsible for. Thank you, Simon, David thought to himself. David did his best to get out of the office early that night, but it was still eight at night before he got home. He tried to tell Jen all about Simon, but she was not a happy camper. Wait, did you just say you wasted time at this Simon's office, and because of that, you couldn't make it home in time for dinner? Jen said as she was tossing wet laundry into the dryer. She let the door slam a little more intensely than she anticipated, but wanted to let David know she was aggravated. Jen, why are you so pissed? Really, David? Jen looked at him as if to say, you should know the answer to that question, you dummy. Just last night, you agreed you were going to make it a priority to get home in time for dinner. And the very next day, you spend precious time with a complete stranger instead of doing all you can to get home to us, she said, as she was attempting to squeeze by him to get out of the laundry room. David gently took her by the shoulders and looked her in the eyes. Jen, don't be mad, please. Yeah, now that you say it like that, you're right. It looks bad. I didn't plan on spending time with Simon, but once I was in his office, it was clear to me that he knew something I didn't. Please, believe me, I promised I would figure out how to get home twice a week to start, and I think Simon might be able to help with that. Jen looked up at him, and while she didn't have a look of anger on her face, she did have a tear in her eye. That's great, David. But in the meantime... I was the one who had to deal with the disappointed kids. Nathan was convinced you were coming home tonight before dinner, and he sat on the front driveway with his basketball waiting for you, and Julie had a tea party all set up for you after supper. It kills me to break their spirits. David let go of her shoulders. He didn't know what to say. All he could muster was, I get it, it's my issue, and I'm going to fix it. Good. Go start now by apologizing to the kids. David nodded and headed off towards Nathan's room. He was in bed, but not asleep. Are you and Mom going to get a divorce? Nathan, why in the world would you ask that? Because you two fight all the time. And my buddy Jimmy said his mom and dad used to fight all the time, and last month they got a divorce. Now Jimmy had to leave our school to go live with his mom. I don't want to leave my school, Dad. Nathan had a tear in his eye. Son, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. No, your mom and I are not getting a divorce. 
We're not even discussing that. I'm just trying to figure out how to free up time at work, and I'm failing. Mom is calling me on it, and she's right. Dad, you taught me that failing is good, like when you taught me how to ride my bike. You said, every time we fall, we learn how to get back up. You're a smart kid, Nathan. I'm happy to hear you remember that, and you did learn from all those times you fell, and now I watch you do some cool things on a bike, like jumping the curb and riding with no hands. Nathan smiled. He loved it when his dad noticed his accomplishments, and it reminded him of something. Dad, remember when I couldn't figure out how to ride with no hands, and I was always falling? Yeah, you had me hold the back of the seat like we did when you first learned to ride. You were so fast I had to run to keep up with you. David chuckled as he remembered that and grabbed Nathan's knee to tickle him. After the tickle fest stopped and Nathan had calmed down from all the laughing, he said to his dad, Maybe you should find someone to hold the back of your seat, Dad, like you did for me. David was struck by the simplicity of a kid's idea and smiled. Yeah, son, maybe I should. Now, time for bed. And he tucked Nathan in. I love you, son. Love you, Dad. David just shook his head as he made his way down to Julie's room. Julie appeared to be asleep when David got there, but as he got closer, he could tell she was faking it. He bent over and kissed her on the head and said, Good night, Princess. I'm sorry I didn't make it to our tea party tonight. Can we try again tomorrow? Julie opened her eyes and smiled and nodded in agreement. Then she gave David a big hug and a kiss and rolled over to go to sleep. Night, Daddy. I love you. Night, Princess. I love you, too. David made his way back to the living room. He noticed Jen was on the swing outside on the back patio. He poured them both a glass of wine and went to join her. Peace offering, he said while extending Jen the glass. Thanks. How did it go with the kids? Nathan's worried we're going to get a divorce. Jen's face revealed her shock. It's okay. We talked it through. He has a friend that just went through it and his parents were fighting too, so Nathan is connecting the dots. I don't want our kids to worry about that, David. Neither do I, Jen. I'm going to solve this, I promise. I know you will, but please do it quickly. This family needs to have you around more often, David. It's funny, after Nathan and I talked about Jimmy and horsed around a little, he told me I should get someone to help me the same way I helped him learn to ride his bike. I think Simon might be that guy. Nathan's a smart kid, but why do you believe Simon can help? You should see his firm, Jen. It would be difficult for me to describe it to you. I'll tell you this. It's better than my firm by a mile. But what's so promising is that Simon told me that his firm didn't always look and operate like what I saw. He couldn't figure out how to get home for dinner either. Well, that's wonderful. But the last thing we need right now is for you to have another reason not to get home at night. Don't worry. I promise not to let my next visit with Simon stop me from getting home. You better not, Jen said as she snuggled closer to David. And they enjoyed a quiet evening finishing their wine and then headed off to bed.